Good morning. Welcome and um, wow, what a week it's been. We're seriously so thankful to have every single one of you here uh, this morning. And those of you who are joining us online, uh, please continue to forgive our struggles with technical things. It's our first try at broadcasting live. We're hoping to get way better at that as time goes by. But uh, we're really thankful for everyone, where, however and whenever you hear this message, and especially to those of you who showed up this morning to worship collectively with us. Um, like Noah said at the beginning of this service, we actually plan way in advance. We pray way in advance. And I, I knew that there were, it was months and months before they even started talking about what was going on in China. We, I, I just knew that God wanted us to talk about overcoming fear in this season. And uh, the irony is not lost on me. That was not something I can take credit for. That is not me being forward thinking other than just praying. And I think that's something all of us should do. But um, God, God knew what needed to be talked about today. So that's pretty amazing. What we're really talking about, though, in general, and it does apply amazingly well, is this. We're talking about wisdom. We're talking about making wise choices in the biblical sense. And that means it's got to be within God's boundaries. But those are pretty broad. There's a lot of space within those. It's also got to be bigger than that. It's got to be choices that we make by prayer, by studying, not just the Bible, but definitely the Bible, but facts, just trying to think clearly, make choices based on what we can do, um, what we can learn as human beings, but also it's to just make the best possible choice under the circumstances. And I, I just want to say that with all of this stuff going on, I'll say this a couple times, but I respect a lot of the choices that are being made in every direction, and here's why. I believe the people who are choosing to stay home today are doing that based on prayer and study and trying to protect their family and looking at their own health and caring for other people. Those are wise choices. And I respect that those of you who are brave enough to come out here and be here today, I think you made very similar. You probably thought about it, prayed about it, studied about it, and you thought it was worth it to, to come out here. And as long as we're not touching each other, it was worth risking corporate worship today. I think both of those are wise choices in the biblical sense. Does that make sense? But here's why we're so scared. I, I, I had no idea this was coming. This is a part that's added in. Obviously, this week, this first part of the sermon was added in, but I hope that this makes a lot of sense. The last several weeks, we've gone over why we fear the things that we fear. And there are five primal fears that are within all of us. One is death. One is suffering. One is a loss of control. And the last two are isolation and humiliation. And when in a situation like what the world is facing right this minute, obviously people are afraid of death, right? Is this making sense? Okay, they're afraid of death, they're afraid of suffering, they're afraid of loss of control. None of us are in control at this moment. Does this make sense? We're afraid of isolation. Even if you don't die from this thing, you're gonna get quarantined, so that's scary. You're afraid of humiliation. What if you make a choice that somehow endangers somebody else? What if you make a choice that you regret later? Or what if this whole thing blows over and you were so scared and it was absolutely nothing Either way, people are afraid of getting humiliated. And I'm not judging, I'm not cheering, I'm just saying no matter what choices are being made, do you see how those fears are influencing those? 
And the reason is because we're human beings. We're made in God's image. And underneath all those fears and the distortions and all the other things that, that break that image in us and, and distort it is the stuff that God put in us, the stuff he loves. And that is we all have a craving for life. Not just eternal life, but life to the full. We all crave health, not just physical health, but emotional and spiritual and relational health. And anything that endangers that is, is horrific to us because this is what we know we were created for. We all, are, we all crave responsibility. We want to make wise choices. There's something deep, deep down inside of us, even non-believers who, who want to do the right thing, the best possible thing. Yes, all of this gets distorted over and over, but underneath it all are these still things. And we want to belong to other people and to God, or at least to someone. Believers obviously want to belong to God. We want our lives to count. We want to do something significant. So even if it's just buying too much toilet paper, <laughs> we're usually trying trying to do something that's going to help our families, something that's going to make a difference. And, and down the road, we're going to go, see, I told you we'd need that. Do you, do you understand? And again, I'm not cheering. I'm not jeering. I'm not, I'm not trying to point fingers. I'm not taking sides. I'm just saying in a situation like this where there's a lot of fear, you see this so clearly. It's a perfect illustration. And I, I did not plan it. I do not take credit for it. But there you go. It's pretty obvious. We've seen all the good and bad ways that this has happened in the coronavirus thing. But here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you one more picture of it. And then we're just going to pray and we're going to move on. Is that cool? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you are always in control. I thank you that deep down all of us, whether we're meeting together in person or we are uh, joining from other places or people that are just doing their own thing today. I know there are believers all over this world right now who are genuinely scared but also trusting you. And they're making whatever choices they are making out of faith, out of a desire to do the best thing. I pray that you will bring quick and complete healing to this, this whole situation. I pray that you'll bring sanity to every situation where there is not sanity. And I pray that you will um, help all of us make wise choices, help our leaders make wise choices. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we start the stuff that I had actually planned on talking about. Is that cool? Let me show you something that is incredibly scary to me as a creative person. This is a blank sheet of paper. How many know why this would be scary? You just raise your hand if you, you understand why they did it. Okay? If you're a creative person, you've got this. It's also one of the most beautiful, fun things you'll ever get in your hands because anything could happen. But I could use this paper, I could make a paper airplane, I could paint, I could draw. I could write something, I could write a lesson, I could write a song, I could, I could make a cartoon. There's infinite possibilities, but that set of infinite possibilities is what makes it so terrifying. Whatever I choose is a choice against all the other possible choices. Whatever I do is me using my freedom, and that, there it is, that's what I chose to do. That's what I chose to do with this piece of paper in my time and my abilities was that cartoon that nobody thinks is funny, was that song that nobody likes, was that little poem or that little drawing or whatever. That's what I did, there you go. And so it's terrifying. Freedom is a beautiful thing, it's a wonderful thing, but it's actually really scary because of all these same reasons we just looked at. 
We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of all those things. I understand. Believe me, I understand that freedom is scary. It's one of the scariest things ever. Anyone that has any kind of responsibility, any kind of a role where you're leading other people, you're making some choices that could affect other people, it's a scary thing. But it's also beautiful. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Freedom means at least three main things when you talk about if you have freedom. The first thing is it means that you're not imprisoned or enslaved. The second thing, it means that you have the power to act or speak or think without hindrance. You're not someone else's puppet. You're not constantly reporting to someone else about every single move you make. And the third thing is that you are, maybe, maybe those things were true about you, but you have somehow been delivered, you have somehow been ransomed or liberated, and now you are making some of your own choices. For all of us who are believers in Christ, all of those things are true on a deeper level. When we talk about our freedom in Christ, it's an even more powerful thing. It's not just that we are legally free. No one has a gun and is forcing us to do things. No one's rounding us up, putting us in prison at this present moment. Uh, We all have that kind of freedom, and that's kind of obvious. And yet we have something far deeper in Jesus. And no matter what change you think bind you, I need you to hear me on this this morning. No matter what chains you think are binding you, Jesus' power can break them. In Christ, we have freedom, true freedom, of spiritual chains, of physical chains, of being afraid of the things that we can't control. We absolutely have freedom. And as scary as it is, because that means all the choices we make are our own fault. If you sin, guess what? You chose that. If you did something great, you chose that. If you did something you thought was great, but nobody else thinks it was great, guess what? You have to face that. That's scary, but it's also beautiful. Freedom is a wonderful thing, and God has given every single one of us freedom. If you would this morning, I'd like you to stand for a moment. We're going to make some proclamations together that we made last week together. These are all based actually on uh, very heavily on the work of a group called Freedom in Christ. We've still got the handouts from last week. We're going to look deeply into the scriptures that these are based on this morning. But I'd like you to know that if you are a believer in Christ, these are true about you. Let's say it together. We are God's adopted children. We are justified, redeemed, and forgiven. We are bought with a price and belong to him. We are members of his body, no longer sinners, but saints. We are Christ's friends. In Christ, we are secure. Here we go. We are complete in Christ. His spirit lives in us. We know that in all things, God is working for our good and that he will complete the good work he began in us. We cannot be separated from his love And we have grace and mercy whenever we need it. We have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, not a spirit of fear. In Christ we are significant. One more time, let's together. We are the salt and light of the earth. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are Christ's ambassadors. And we are his masterpieces. He has designed and empowered us to do great things. We are disciples who make disciples. 
Amen. Please be seated. I want you to notice that none of these are passive truths. These are active truths. If you are a disciple who makes disciples, that means you make disciples. You're devoted to that process. And this is something that we've got to understand, that when you live in freedom, freedom very rarely is just doing nothing. When you live in freedom, when you have the ability to make wise choices, when you have the freedom to do that, it's not a good idea to just sit around and do nothing. Rest is a good thing, but spending your whole life not investing that freedom is not. That is not a wise choice. This quote from Theodore Roosevelt actually hangs in my office. It's one of my favorites of all time. He says, The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, and spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. That's freedom. It's not a guarantee that nothing bad will happen. It's not a guarantee that no one will ever get sick or get hurt or die, that you will never make a wise, uh, or it's not a guarantee you'll make a wise decision or a, for, or a foolish one. I can't even talk this morning. It's not a guarantee of anything except that you're doing it. You're using your freedom. You're investing it. The thing that Jesus gave you, you are using. The thing that countless people gave their lives to give us here in America so that we could experience freedom, we're investing that well. That is the best way to use freedom. But our fear of freedom makes us prisoners and slaves again. And like you say that out loud, fear of freedom makes us slaves and prisoners. Once again, we know from truths in Scripture, we just said some of those together out loud, but we know that in Christ, any chain can be broken. It's not an easy process most of the time. It usually takes some time. It's, it's, that's a whole other thing, how that happens. But it's possible in Christ. And yet our fear of freedom keeps us using even those things that chain us, that bind us as crutches. How many know what I'm talking about? You're not willing to share the gospel because you're afraid somebody will find out about that one bad habit you still have. You're, not, you're, you're afraid to speak up for what is true because you're afraid somebody's going to call you on something that you do all the time that is not based on truth. I could go on down the list, but these things that hold us, we go, oh yeah, I believe this, but I'm not going to say anything because everybody knows about this. Fear of freedom makes us slaves and prisoners even though we do not have to be. In a lot of countries where they use elephants, like we use bulldozers, one of the saddest things, it's very practical. Again, I'm not cheering or jeering here. I'm just telling you the truth. This is how this works. It's a very practical thing they do. It seems really cruel to the animals themselves. But here's, here's what they do with those elephants. When they first capture them as babies, they tie them up to something that's pretty much totally immovable. And they chain them with a chain that just nobody can break, even an adult elephant. And little by little, those baby elephants get used to the idea that when they pull on something and feel something on their back leg, there's absolutely no way that they're going anywhere. All that it's going to give them is pain. If you look closely in the, the worst part about this picture, there's a little thorn actually 
in, in there as well. If just for extra incentive, this is going to hurt you if you move, if you try to get away. The crazy thing is, as these elephants grow and they train them, they get to the point where they can knock over trees and pick them up just easily, like we would knock over a little twig and pick it up. They get so powerful. But as they get older, they, they believe so much in that thing that they've been taught as a child that as they grow older, they can tie them up with a little tiny rope that they could easily break, tie them to a small tree that they could easily pick up and move around like it was nothing, and they will still see themselves as trapped. They won't run off because they feel that little tug on that back leg, and they know that they're still trapped. Well, they think they're trapped. That's how our fear works. Our fear of freedom, our fear of other things is what keeps us trapped. If we're in Christ, that is the only thing that can take our freedom. And normally, I would tell you a whole bunch more stories at this point. I would, I would go through, but we, we had to deal with the other thing at the first. I had to establish this truth. And, and I just feel so, so literally moved by God this morning to just deal with some scriptures and just kind of walk you through a couple more truths together. Is that all right? It's, it's not going to be the most exciting sermon there's ever been unless you really get it. And that is my prayer. If you get the truth in these scriptures, as we walk through them together, it's going to be amazing. So here we go. John 15, Jesus is speaking and he says, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you and I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Does this sound familiar to anyone? We spent a lot of time in that passage a little while ago oh wow six people were listening (laughs) oh well we're back at it Ephesians 1 Paul is writing and he says this I also pray that you will understand listen I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for those who believe in him this is the same power that raised Christ from the dead And seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. And now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but the world to come. That's power. Do you see that? And that's the power that sets us free. That's the power that could come against that thing you think you could never break free from. That secret sin, that habit, that whatever else it is, that crippling fear that doesn't let you do anything at all. That's the power that could come against that. Galatians 4, 5 through 7. Here's a warning about our freedom. Paul says, God sent him, speaking of Jesus, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves in the law, to the law so that God could adopt us as his very own children. God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. And now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. As with each one of these, as we continue this series together, each one of these, the thing that usually helps most people break through a fear is to learn to fear something that's even scarier, something that's more powerful, something that's more, it's more dangerous. You're more worried, if this happens, it would be way worse than this thing that I'm worried about happening. And in this case, what we need to fear is wasting Christ's 
sacrifice. If we are afraid, daily afraid of wasting what Christ has died and rose to give us. If we are daily afraid of wasting the opportunity that God gave us by giving us his son. That fear is going to motivate and empower us to do far more than we can even ask or imagine from him. Let's say this truth together. Fear of wasting Christ's sacrifice sets us free. One more time. Fear of wasting Christ's sacrifice sets us free. He died and rose so that we could be free to live. He empowered us to be God's children, his ambassadors to the world. We dare not treat what he did lightly, and we dare not ignore his commands. Paul again in 2 Corinthians. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. In James, he writes this. James writes, You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit has placed within us should be faithful to him. Please don't misunderstand me. Please don't take what I'm about to say lightly or or, or that it's sarcasm or any kind of anything but just a simple statement of truth. In moments like these, when all the things we take for granted and usually spend our money on and our time on instead of the things of God, going out to eat, going to see ball games, all of those kind of things, when those are taken away from us, is a really, really good moment to think about what's really important. Are you hearing me? It's a really good moment to realize what actually makes life worth living. What our purpose is. Where we should be to remember what we should be investing in the most. What we should be investing in are with time, with energy, with money, with any talents, any abilities, any networks, any friendships, any relationships, whatever God has given us, it's a good time to remember when those things are taken away and you can't invest in those things, maybe that's a really good time to remember what really needs to be invested in the most. This is the promise. We get to live with power, with love, and with a sound mind. Let's say that together. Live with power, love, and a sound mind. We are connected to the most powerful force in the universe. And nothing can separate us from his love but our own fearful choices. Did you just hear what I said? That's the only thing you're actually in control of. All of the other things we think we're in control of are illusions. We're not actually in control. And God has already set us free. We don't have to be controlled by anything. None of those things can separate you from God. And yet he still gives you freedom to make a choice. You can choose to remain a slave. You can choose to remain a prisoner. You can choose not to live in freedom. You can choose not to invest your freedom. That choice that he still gives you That is the only thing that can separate you from his ultimate destiny for you. You talk about scary. That's scary. 
2 Timothy 1.7. Again, this is where that statement comes from. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. This morning, I happened to be reading uh, from the New Living Translation exclusively. That's not a choice because I think it's the only, only good translation. It's just it's pretty clear and simple modern English. I don't have to go back and explain it, and I can scrunch in a whole bunch, a bunch more scripture. So that's it. I hope you go back and reread that. There's other great translations, though, one of which says a sound mind. This one says self-discipline. Those are actually the same concept in the original scripture. Those whoever made all of the translations, I promise you, were trying their best to make wise choices. That with prayer and study and a whole lot of discussion, they were trying their best to say it the best possible way. I, I really believe that all the translations, in one way or another, that was their goal. But this idea that they're all trying to say it English, is, is, it sounds like two different things, but it really is the same. The idea of self-discipline and a sound mind, here's what that means. It means that you're actually thinking clearly. You're actually making real choices. You're not just reacting. You're not just automatically doing something because it's a habit or whatever else. You're actually, you're actually in control. You're actually not totally in control of the situation, but you're in control of the choices you make about it. It's freedom. You're not trapped. You have some sort of a power because someone has set you free from the power of the things that normally control all of us. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, For the Lord is spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Psalm 119, even in the Old Testament, they, some of them at least got this. Psalm 119.45 says, I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. Galatians 5.13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another, excuse me, to serve one another in love. Philippians 4. By the way, every time I ever read anything out of Philippians, I always feel compelled to remind people that this was written from prison. It's one of the happiest, joyfulest books. That's not even a word, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's one of the greatest, like, positive books in the Bible, and it's written from a prison. And from there, listen again to these very familiar words from Paul. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Several more powerful verses in this really wonderful passage. But remember, this is the context where the little mug motto comes from, the t-shirt motto that says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That means we can endure anything. We can handle the things that we can't control. We can face real fears that are actual, real, legitimate fears, but we can remain in control. We know that we trust in something that's bigger than anything we face on earth or under the earth or in heaven. We are connected to the highest power there are.
So what are you going to do with all that freedom? I want to quote a guy named Alex Diaz. We saw him live at Johnston a couple weeks ago. And I'd like the band to come forward if they would. I know this is unusual. I forgot to warn them on this. But I'd like you to go ahead and start just playing really softly, if you would, for these last couple moments. Alex Diaz had so much to say about the stuff that in his workshop, and I'll be sharing much more of that with you in the weeks to come when, when we talk about those spe specific issues. But one of the things that haunted me, I actually opened my eyes in his prayer and wrote it down because I didn't want to forget it. It's been haunting me ever since. In his final prayer, he said this, Lord, make us people who want to seek and embrace the challenges. Lord, make us people who want to seek and embrace the challenges. Would you pray that prayer with me really quick? Just, just say it aloud. God, you don't even have to close your eyes. Raise your hand if you want. Do whatever you want, but let's say that together to God. Lord, make us people who want to seek and embrace the challenges. In every single bulletin today, there is a handout that has a space that normally says something like, Lord, I will, or today I will. Right there, there's actually three things today. For those of you who don't have a bulletin, it will be posted uh, online before long. I think you should be able to see what's going on in the screen. But I'd love for you to fill out these blanks this morning. And if you don't have a clear answer from God this morning, I would love for you to take it home and pray about it and get one because this is what will change your life. This is how you could actually apply everything we talked about today and actually experience freedom. Lord, with your help, I will break free from blank. If as I've spoken to you this morning, talk about how our chains no longer have to bind us. In the power of God, we can break free. If something was pricking your heart, oh, that chain even? Write that down right now. Yes, God can help you break free from it. The second thing is, Lord, with your help, I will team up with you by. There are so many ways that we can team up with God, so many ways we can connect with this power. Simple prayer, Bible study, meeting together with other believers. There's many other different ways. But what I'm really talking about here is that you're going to say, God, I'm going to claim that your power is going to help me through this. I'm going to admit that I cannot handle this on my own, that this chain that binds me is too big for me, but I'm going to claim that you want to set me free from it, and I'm going to ask you to help me do that right now. And the third thing, Lord, with your help, I will share your love and truth with blank. If you're not sharing the gospel, if you're not inviting other people to know this God who sent his son to die and rise again to set us free, to give us life, to give us freedom in every sense of the word, you are not doing the job that he commanded you to do. You need to commit to a real person, a real name right there and say, God, I will do this. Psalm 27, one says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? As we stand and sing this last song, I, I invite you to make any choice you need to make. And I want you to remember, you have the freedom to choose whatever God is asking you to choose this morning. Whatever choice that is, I hope you choose it. I hope you're brave. I hope you make that choice. And I want you to remember that success requires daily choices starting now. What are you going to do with that freedom? Let's stand and sing.